So I got Jason Heidinger here. I've been wanting to do podcasts with other people for a while, and this opportunity arose, so we're taking it. And we've been talking a lot about just division and just the lack of unity sometimes we see in the church and being so critical of each other. So with that, I just want to bring you guys in on this conversation that we have been having. Jason, welcome. Thank you, Serge. <laughs> so Jason has been on this thing. He's mentioned a couple of times about how we create. And, you know, a good tagline for this would be, are we a critic or are we a creator? Why don't you expound on that, Jason? It's something just really power of our words. Yeah. It comes from Proverbs 18.21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's, yeah. that's where this all started. Are your words creating? Are your words basically critical, which will, in the long run, bring death and destruction? So that's where this all kind of came from. And I'm just going to be transparent. This is something that I, I can be a really good critic. Yeah, I agree I've done it well. So a lot of this comes from the Lord showing me that, hey, that's not what he did. Yeah. He spoke life. As disciples of Christ, are our words creating life like Jesus did? Yeah. You know, we're created in the likeness and image of God. Do I create like he does? Yeah. Do I, does my environment look like Jesus is with me? And so that's where that death and life are in the power of tongue has really came from. Yeah. The scripture that the Lord's been bringing back to me a lot, and even to my wife, is Philippians 4.8. And it says, keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And fashion your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. A creator will focus on this because they want to create life in their life. A critic tends to not focus on these things. They find fault, they find a negative. So that's where this all came from. Yeah. As you're speaking, I'm thinking about how times where I've gotten real critical of my kids or even my wife, and as... I become so critical, it almost is like it closes them down. Absolutely. It like shuts them, shuts them up. It closes them down. Always talk about this, how creating creates an atmosphere for people to flourish. And control, it does the opposite. It creates a, a, almost like an atmosphere of death. It creates an atmosphere of rebellion. And the same with critic. Critical can bring an atmosphere of death and destruction to your relationships, to the people you're around, but creating an atmosphere of peace, of an atmosphere where they can confide in you, an atmosphere of being honest and open, just this atmosphere for people to get things out, it will create an atmosphere for them to flourish and to work through things. Part of this, the Lord, 
it was probably about a year ago. He gave me the word recalibrate. We've been talking through this, me and Serge, and talking with other people. Like in this situation, we all always are evaluating. But do you evaluate and communicate with the person, whatever's going on? If you're evaluating situation, that means you're watching and observing. Do you communicate and have conversations with that person and only recalibrate as necessary? That's a leadership mindset. How do we grow together? Providing constructive feedback that allows that person to come away from an encounter with you that allows them to grow. Where a controlling mindset, they, they're very critical. They're always critiquing. Yeah. If the person tries to at least share why they think that way, they're typically overridden, they're cut off in conversation, they're rebuked sharply and often. And it comes from that, a critical mindset and a controlling mindset comes from, I am right, you are wrong. There's no room for let's grow together. Yeah. I've learned this so much in parenting. My kid, I learned more from my kids yeah. as I'm trying to help steward them and grow. I'm like, man, there's a power in apologizing to your kids because man i'm not perfect and they've been my learning example many of my messages have came from sitting with my kids because they're like why are we doing this and i've had to learn man sometimes we get annoyed with kids it's the why 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 Mm -hmm. but that's the creative nature god gave us and when we can answer the why rebellion doesn't exist because they're like okay i understand the heart, and we always want to see the heart of the Father. Yeah, I agree. Um, to back up just a second, the creating thing versus critical or creating versus control and that talk we've been having goes back to a revelation my wife had about God's not a controller, He's a creator, and how we're made in God's image and likeness. And therefore, we shouldn't be controllers, we should be creators. So instead of controlling, or in this topic that we're talking about, instead of being critical, we take on the nature of the Father and we become creators. And that, that is, there's so much truth to that. God created everything with His words. And we have that same ability. Yeah, that's good. And all of us can relate. When we tried to control something, like if it wasn't going our way, we're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to put even more boundaries. We're going to put even more yeah. boundaries and more and more. Over time, we killed it. Yeah. Where the part that's key is, man, when you're a creator, you're still going to have boundaries. Yeah. And I'm going to throw Serge out here. He did a message called, The Kingdom Has Boundaries But No Limits. Dude, that is a word for the church, is the kingdom has boundaries. They're God-ordained boundaries that set us up to grow and prosper. They're not to control us. They're to set us up to have the Ephesians 320 life, the abundant life, because that's what God wants for us. But if we start controlling that and we go beyond the boundaries that he sets, we create death in our own lives. Okay, so to get a little practical with what we're talking about, it's easy to get critical of our neighbor, our neighbor with the big house, with the fine yard. Our natural would be to start finding fault with that which looks so perfect. Oh, look at them. They look so happy. Yeah, but but look, I bet they're living just paycheck to paycheck. Just looking for stuff to be critical about. 
when we get into that competitive thing or that comparing thing, comparing to the neighbor's yard that looks way greener than ours, it's a breeding ground for for that critical spirit. Yeah, often somebody that is critical, it's going to be a lot of comparison and competing. And I've had to walk through it in my own house. Like everybody's wearing this brand of a sweatshirt. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're wanting to have that. Yeah. Um, so it's just we, we compare, we evaluate, we compare, and we make internal judgments of how we should be based off of what surrounds us. Right. And so instead of realizing that, you know, when we operate where we're always comparing, we're always being critical, we're always competing, it typically leads to a controlling and manipulative environment yeah. or behaviors. Right. But if you step back and realize, if we realize where people are at, every one of us is walking at a different maturity level. Every one of us has a different revelation. Every one of us has different backgrounds, which gives us new, unique perspectives. That is actually one of the things that is so amazing about the kingdom is everybody's unique. Yeah. Everybody has a different knowledge base of the word of god so for us to say man i was going to question where their faith was a lot of times it's not so much us being critical of the grass is greener with our neighbors in the christian world it's more about look at them their grass isn't as green as mine and you're trying to hold them to your standard and they're not where they should be and they're not as spiritual as i am we don't say that but that's our attitude as you said that, basically a critical spirit mm-hmm. is based in pride. And I, I've studied pride when I went through Bible school. And man, when I started studying that, there's so many things in my life that were rooted in pride that you wouldn't know. Pride is so rampant. And it sneaks up in so many little ways. Yeah, People that that are always critical, there's a root of pride. Yeah. I'm going to share something from Christy, and I'm going to quote it from her. She sent it to us last night, because it kind of touches on this, is criticism can come across as invalidating, condescending, preachy, and authoritarian, and the person delivering it as arrogant with a clear sense of superiority. The critic's ego becomes more important than the collective growth and harmony of the organization, team, or group. That's good. When it's the critic's ego, right there is the pride. And I didn't see that till literally the Lord brought that to my remembrance. Yeah. And that ties into what you were saying, how we're all at different maturity levels. We all have different areas of revelation, different backgrounds, unique perspectives. And that plays a part. And I always say, you know, God's not that critical with us. There's, he gives us room to grow. He gives us room to figure it out. The Bible says that we work out our salvation. We're yeah. working this out. We're figuring it out. We're learning. We're growing. And like I've shared before is that a 60-year-old is not held to the 10-year-old standards. And you don't hold a 10-year-old to a 60-year-old standards. It's where they are in their walk with the Lord. It's where they are in their maturity with the Lord. All that plays a role and I think sometimes we forget that because we want everybody to be a 60-year-old. And if they're not 
a 60-year-old, then we get real critical of that. Like, where's your faith? Why are you struggling with it? You shouldn't be struggling with this. Well, maybe they're struggling with it because in the spirit, they're five years old. And you're trying to hold them to the standard of a 50-year-old. And it just doesn't work that way. And I love the scripture, John 15, 1 through 5, in the Passion Translation. And some of the other versions are bringing out different. But I love the words of this, and I'm going to just read verse. I think it's one. I am the true sprouting vine. The farmer who tends to the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me. And get this part. By lifting and propping up the fruitless branches. So when somebody's walking through something, the Lord lifts and props up and says, I'm here. I'd never leave you. I'd never forsake you. We're going to do this. He restores. He's a God that redeems. He says he prunes every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest yeah so if you're fruitful he might prune some stuff to make you even more fruitful right but he's not pruning people that are walking through stuff from the body yeah he wants the body to support them to walk with them to love them yeah he lifts up props up i'm going to say sometimes carries the one yeah i agree that is struggling and that's the body, yeah. that is, that's what the body of Christ, the kingdom of God that Christ came to bring is about. It's about walking this life together. It is. And as I say that, there's a part that if we're critical, we're not necessarily feeding the body the right things. Mm-hmm. And that critical nature, and Serge actually shared this example but most of the time, that critical nature will also in actually reflect in how a person speaks about themselves. Because Serge was sharing an example about a lady looking in a mirror. But it can be a guy. Guys are just as critical in their yeah. self-image. But you'll find a person that's critical of others usually is very critical of themselves. And that's rooted yeah. in a self-image, self-identity issue because they don't know their identity in Christ, of who they are, yeah. whose image you're created and what they're called for. But I think you want to share that image about, and we can say a guy, girl, whoever yeah. looking in the mirror and what, what aspect that have, plays into this. Yeah, and just to take off on what you said for a second, is that I could see times where I was like super critical and it was because... I was insecure. I didn't know who I was. And even when someone would say something, let's say I would share a revelation and they didn't agree, it, I would take it personally. It would mess with me. Oh, I can't believe they didn't agree with me. But now that I'm secure in who I am in Christ, I've come to that maturity level. I could care less if you agree with me or not. I know what God told me. And I could care less if you agree with where God has me in life or not, because I know who I am in Christ. I'm not, it's not dependent on whether you accept that or not. I am who he's created me to be. Amen. So what I was saying on the, on the looking into a mirror is that we as a whole, we're the body of Christ. And what I see is when we're critical of each other, of different denominations, of other churches, of 
other believers, when we get so critical, it's like the woman or the dude who looks at himself in the mirror and just starts critiquing every part of his body. Like, oh, look at look how fat I am. Look at my nose. My nose is so ugly. Oh, I got big ears. And you're just tearing yourself apart. And that's what we do as a body. And that's what I see us doing. Even when you jump like on Facebook and stuff, it's like, you know what the problem with the church is? It's like, bro, we got to quit doing that. We're looking into the mirror at our own body and just totally tearing it apart, totally picking it apart. Where we need to get to, and I think where God wants us to get to, is the spot where we quit being so critical and start giving grace and mercy and understanding and more than anything, get the Father's heart for the way He's seeing things and the way He wants us to approach things and deal with things. And just extend that grace and that understanding of, you know, where are they at? Where is their maturity level? How can I help them get to a better spot instead of being critical about it? How does God want to use me to help strengthen the body? What part do I play? Just to be clear where we're coming from, there still can be correction within the body but it has to be rooted in love and it has to be rooted in this is for the growth because a critic typically isn't really worried about the person's growth the critic typically doesn't solve the issue right they just point out the issue and then they're pointing out the next issue where the one that leads He's wanting to fix the issue because when the issue is dealt with and properly dealt with, growth happens. And so sometimes there is the hard conversations yeah, of course. where we evaluate. And I'm more sharing this because I know some will be like, but, but Jesus did this. Yeah, yeah, he did. But it means Serge have talked through it. Yeah, he might have said, hey, you, you have a little faith. He didn't say it five times. He didn't point it out to everybody. He said that, and he always told him how to get more faith. Yeah. He always brought a solution. He always brought hope. Yep. He brought hope to whatever situation, no matter where they were, if they had no faith, little faith. He always brought hope where the person walked away and going, okay, even the woman caught in adultery, she left with hope. Yep. They do not condemn you. I do not go and sin no more. Right. You're free. And so there's a place in love. You, you, you point it out, but we don't dwell there. Yeah. My wife loves to say, we don't have to point out people's issues. We all know what we're walking through. Yeah. We all know our issues. We've lived with, I've lived with myself for 40 years. Mm -hmm. I know my issues. Yeah. Now, when I subject myself to somebody to be accountable, that allows there to be growth. But if all they say, if they just tell me the same thing I've known for 10 years and I got to confess that I'm still this, I'm not growing. Yeah. It's that person is going to hold me accountable to grow, to move forward. And that's what we want. We want to go from glory to glory, life to life, and have the life that God calls us to have. Yeah, and as I'm hearing you speak, I'm, I'm realizing that 
someone with that critical spirit, there's no grace attached to it. And that was the difference with Jesus. Yeah, he pointed out, you have little faith, but there was grace and mercy attached to it. And that grace and that mercy brought a solution. It was like, oh, you have little faith. Here, let me show you how this is done. Yeah. Let me teach you a little bit. I think that goes back to creating instead of critical. Criticalness will bring death, but creating will bring an atmosphere to teach and to learn and to grow. The words that keep coming back, it's are you leading or controlling? Yeah. Is almost the words that keep that are better articulated versus critic and create. It's like, are you leading? Are you con controlling? Yeah. Is what's going to create the difference in your life. Yeah. One is I'm propelling another person. One is I'm right, right. You're wrong. Yeah. You said something earlier before we started this and it was lifting up instead of being critical, yep. which goes along with what you're saying. Are we lifting up instead of being critical? It's actually my last notice is, am I the stepping stone to catapult others to greatness? Because that's what a leader does. It propels them to become better. A leader wants the next generation to go further yeah. than they do. I want my kids to go further and do greater exploits for me. Yeah. And even Jesus' own words, one of my favorite scriptures, Jesus says that we will do greater than him. Yeah. And I've tried to figure out what that means. The line I just said, leaders are stepping stones to catapult others to greatness because guess what? They blazed a trail to the point and a true leader wants the next generation to jump off where they were. Yeah. Not to go blaze a new trail, to take off from where they left off. So Jesus said, guess what? I've blazed a trail here. I'm sending you to a comforter. I'm doing all this thing so you can do greater. Yeah. Take off from where I've left it. Yeah, that's good. And then now that spirit that was upon him is in the spirit of every believer, and we can do greater things. Yeah. So I think it's important to realize that we all are going through trials. We all go through tribulations. The Bible says it. And just because you see someone going through a trial or tribulation doesn't mean they have a lack of faith, doesn't mean they aren't where they should be. It could simply be, as the Bible says in James, count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. You're going to face trials of many kinds. And the ultimate goal, the way God created us, is to be there for each other instead of being critical towards each other, to be community, to bear one another's burdens as if it was your own. And if we were to do that, man, how much more would the world see God's love because we're showing it towards each other. We're showing that grace, that mercy, and that love towards each other. And I think it's a very powerful and empowering place to be for the church to get in that mindset of we're in unity. We're one with each other. If you're going through something, I'm going through something. If you have a victory, I have a victory. And I, I really, truly feel that's the place that God wants us to be. Don't be critical. Don't be critical of each other. Be there for each other. Be a true brother. Be a true friend. Be a true part of the body of Christ that he's called us to be. One, as Jesus said, one with each other. I want to just declare this over everybody that will get to hear this. Is be bold and confident in who you are in Christ. 
Be bold and confident in the revelation God has given you individually. Be bold and confident in what the Lord has assigned you to do and stop worrying about other people's assignment. My assignment is different than Serge's, different than my wife's, but we're all still called to the kingdom of God, to advance the kingdom, to love people, to be the hands and feet of Christ on the earth today.